Hi there. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks, Morris. I am Marie, the SLP, and today we are talking about two words that can change the meaning of everything. The words, I can, or maybe three words, I can try. Um, This is actually something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. We're going to go into more depth with these Uh, philosophies and how we can take them into the classroom and working with our speech students when I talk with two of my favorite colleagues and teachers that I work with next time, but I wanted to kind of lay a groundwork here. And this is actually coming from a blog post that I did a while back now um, that kind of talked about, you know, changing our narrative and looking at our students or the the individuals we work with and the teams that we work with and kind of embracing this philosophy of I can. And so uh, you're more than welcome to go take a look at this on my blog at thanksmorris.com and um, kind of, you know, leave a comment, join the conversation and talk about how we can shift the narrative from I can't to I can. <laughs> if, you, if you didn't catch it, I put a subtle difference in there, which changed the meaning of everything. Morphemes. Am I right? Ha ha ha. <laughs> okay. And really, I want to title this, I can, a how-to on shifting the language and philosophies in our classrooms or speech therapy sessions that can lay the foundation for a child's growth. But that's a little lengthy. Um, but that's where my stream of consciousness goes with this. And when I sat down to write this blog in the beginning, um, I was very feeling very passionate just coming out of um, a session with a student, and it made me think about what we're teaching in our classrooms. So the thing that happened was I was working with a four-year-old. He was um, just so unintelligible at the time, and he was one of those really aware little guys that, you know, he didn't, he was losing self-confidence because he knew he was unintelligible. And so not only was it my job to obviously help him learn how to say the F sound, but I also had to kind of instill that, um, that mentality of we can do this. It's okay. We're going to keep trying. And one day we were sitting down at a session and he said, I can't do it. And I've heard students say that before, yes, but when a four-year-old said it to me, I was just stunned. I was shocked to hear this coming from such a little human, such an innocent little guy. Um, and I'm just thinking, where did he learn this? It totally baffled me. And of course, I wanted to react emotionally and like call his mom and be like, where did he learn this, right? I mean, that's like your first reaction sometimes as a speech therapist. And then you're like, okay, wait step back like we're all human right um but I definitely I kind of wanted to bring it up to his teachers too and just be like you know like he these little guys when they say I can't like how can we work to to teach them that they can try that there's always an opportunity to try and so in the session in the heat of the moment I quickly told him regardless of everything else right I said you can do it and we're going to keep practicing together And I told him that he could do anything he wanted to as long as he tried. And a couple of weeks later, we were working on something. And um, he, okay, so obviously not, I'm not an OT or anything, but he was so excited because he was writing his name on a piece of paper. We were like doing some kind of project. And I just remember him going, look, I can do it, you know? And 
I quickly took that opportunity to just reinforce that positively and just say, yes, you can. I'm so proud of you for saying you can do it. And I know you would try even if you didn't think you could, right? Here's the thing, though. He learned that I can't statement somehow from somebody, some environmental influence, you know, and I mean, movies, TV shows, sometimes, um, you know, the books that maybe might be out there, maybe have that in there and that sticks with a little guy, right? And while I'm not trying to place blame on anybody, I am trying to encourage and I'm trying to inspire a subtle change that we can make in our language that helps our students or our clients no matter their age. Um, Because the thought I can't can be so powerful and detrimental for adults and the little ones. And when we are, you know, as speech pathologists or teachers or parents or service providers of any sort, we have a responsibility to be teaching, right, in a way. And part of that comes with the mentalities that we're imparting or the perspectives that we're giving, I should say. Um, And so it comes from the teachers, right? We set the foundation, we set the groundwork. And if we're setting up this I can't mentality in things that we practice and do, that's what we're going to teach. And let me give you another scenario. So in the past years, I've been a speech pathologist now for three years. I've observed challenges that teachers might face when we come to the topic of inclusion and inclusive practices in the school setting. And, you know, no school district is perfect inclusion and the practices of inclusion can be scary um, for parents of, um, you know, children with special needs and teachers that are being asked to include students in their class alike. Um, And as much as I love seeing districts and schools and classrooms embrace inclusive practices, I know how how challenging it can be to open those environments up but it is so important to make sure that you know we can try our best to open environments up for students of all needs and all abilities um and you know if we as the adults and the teachers are facing these challenges it's important that we demonstrate behaviors that are at least encouraging learning and growth. Um, And you know, I I understand some students maybe initially maybe more challenging to work with than others, and I've seen it where, you know, maybe the student, um, they're they're great academically and they have great language, but they have behaviors that impede their learning and the learning of others. Hey, I might have taken that very statement from an IEP. (laughs) Pretty sure that's a checkbox that we can check. But a couple years ago, I saw the situation unfold where teachers spent months, months saying they were having a difficult time with a student in their class. Now, okay, so here's my perspective because I'm one perspective and I obviously might have a little bit of a bias, but here it is coming from me. This was a student I had as a preschooler. He stayed at my school site and um, was in the general education kindergarten classroom. The preschool team after he was or when he was leaving preschool and transitioning to kindergarten said yeah he's ready for a general education environment will he need supports for language for behavior and um you know attention yes here they are um here's what we can do here's what we've done that works here's maybe what won't work so don't do that sorry i have to readjust i'm sitting on my bedroom floor and my leg fell fell asleep so anyways um 
In the first couple months of the school year, I witnessed teachers saying, I can't. I can't read a story because he's running around the room. I can't run my math center because this. I can't reason with him because this. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And it starts there with us, with the adults, with the teachers, the models. We are modeling behavior for these kids, whether we realize it or not. And I've, I am at fault for modeling bad behavior. I think we all are. I think I've definitely had preschoolers see me roll my eyes when I'm tired or maybe not tired. Maybe I'm irritated that a student is absent again and they're not making progress because of all these absences. That's not okay um, for me to be modeling. The absences, you know what? Everybody has their has their needs. I'm not <laughs> I'm not judging the absences. I'm judging myself here. Um, but every negative gesture, every glance, noise that we make sends a message. And our students pick up on it no matter their age, guys. I mean, I can't tell you when our energy is crazy. Okay, this is a good example, actually. Let me let me back up. But state testing. I'm so fortunate that I work in preschool and this is not something I really have to deal with. But when I was in the elementary school level, guys, if you work in the schools, do you notice during state testing time how intense the kids get? How the behaviors start to get a little bit um, heavier and, and just... I don't know, there's just a lot of tension. But who's the most tense in a school district during state testing? The kids or the teachers? The teachers. And this is and this is my quick little beef with state testing, but we put so much pressure on it that we get tense because we want numbers to be a certain way, and then the kids sense that and they get tense and they it just that like couple of weeks of the school year is so daunting, even for me, and I don't even have to deal with it directly. But I do because I'm still a support member on that staff with the students that are walking around campus. And when I see them, you know, looking all scared for two weeks, it just, I just don't like it. Not all of them. Some of them can take it, but it's hard. Anyways, back to, back to the program here. Um, you know, as a speech language pathologist, I've encountered challenges and I've learned, you know, I love what I do, but sometimes the challenges cause me to question my abilities to serve my students and my colleagues. And at the end of the day, I understand that I'm getting so much learning and growth from challenging situations. But like I said, I can't language has crept into my day and I'll own up to it. I'll be the first to own up to it. Um, so, you know, I spent a lot of time making sure that I can have kind of outlets and things that I do that can kind of get rid of the negative language to shift my narrative and bring me back to positive. So I spend time meditating and filling my mind with I can words, like I can motivate, I can inspire, I can learn, I can love. And it's helped me a lot during my therapy sessions, especially when things don't go as planned. And I'm like, oh, I really got to get this testing done for you, kid. But you're, you know, they're like running around your room and you want to say, I can't do this. And it's like, no, 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 you can I can, or I can try and it it's kind of taking a page out of my old improv philosophies that I've learned that encourages you to encourages you to say yes and so if you know improv then you know what yes and means and yes and is kind of the situation it's when you're in a situation with your scene partner and they give you new information you're not allowed to deny it you're not allowed to say no you're you're the rule is you say yes and so you say yes you agree to the situation you agree to the truth of that scene or that environment and then you add more information and so I will yes and the heck out of my work week 
when I'm having challenges or let me let me rewind but if I yes and the heck out of my work week when I'm having challenges no matter the challenges my students are at least more engaged and I'm more successful after each therapy session even if it's even if they're running around the room during a test and all I can get maybe is a phonemic inventory you know an inventory of all their sounds okay then that's all I got that day but I I you know, played with them and I played chase with them because it, you know, kept them engaged. It kept them laughing. And then, okay, so I have one more day of testing now, but they might be so much happier coming back knowing that I'm the one that's going to chase them around the room and play with them. That's just a little example. Um, you know, and I'm learning that sometimes, like I've said, you know, I've said it a little bit here, but I can sometimes means I can try and I've kind of tried to throw that in a couple times already as we talk because you know if you don't always know whether you're whether or not you're capable of something but even if you don't know it does not mean that you're not capable it just means that you can try and learn how to implement some sort of strategy or supports for yourself or another to thrive in their environment if one thing doesn't work okay great that didn't work doesn't mean you can't just means try another option have you ever heard that phrase um try try again I don't know why all of a sudden I lost it I like had it and then I can't think of it if if at first you don't succeed try try again right that whole thing but you know going back to my four-year-old student our first response should always be I can or I can try and then here's here's what we do we improvise our way to success and ask for the support we need. So when I look at the teachers that might have had a hard time with a child with with behaviors, if you're just always going around saying you can't, rather than saying, okay, I'm going to try this, and I'm going to ask my admin, or I'm going to ask the psychologist, or I'm going to ask the speech pathologist, or if the speech pathologist is having trouble, I'm going to ask the teacher, what is working for you? What do you suggest? And then I'm going to implement it. Um, because... <laughs> Would we want these little humans who are growing up in the world to lead with an I can't attitude? I mean, think about it. They're the ones that will be adults when we're older. Just think about it. I would hope we wouldn't want them to be going around saying I can't. So here's what I want to encourage you to do, my friends. Next time something comes along your way and you have the urge to say, I can't, change that wording. So you can keep the t sound, okay? You can say, I can try. (laughs) Use the I can try statement. Use the yes and statement. Or just go for it and say, I can. And just see how well it'll work out for you. There's a great passage in the book, Improv Wisdom. If you haven't heard me talk about this book yet, it's because we haven't really talked about it on the podcast. I've talked about it a lot on Instagram. And in this book, um, Patricia Ryan Madsen talks about Again, the philosophies of improv, she's combining it with real life stuff. So she talks about the yes and, and she talks about the I can, and she has this little passage where she encourages you to go through the day and kind of have like a yes day or an I can day. And with everything you're doing in that day, she encourages you to say, I can do that. Yep, I can do that. Yes, I will do that. Um, and and go the whole day without without a no, without a denial. And I've tried it. It's really fun. Um, my boyfriend and I have tried it together a long time ago. I think we should do it again. Uh, it's really fun. And it's just so inspiring because you realize how beautiful things are when you just lead with that attitude. And if, if you say, I can't, that's okay. 
but quickly change it. Don't get mad at yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Oh no, I I said something negative. Who cares? Just say, just kidding. I can, or I can try. And I think I've talked about this a little bit too on this podcast, but I tend to be a person. I, I think, you know, somewhere in my childhood, I learned that my first reaction to maybe more negative news, things that I don't like, would be a worry kind of reaction, some kind of negative, like, oh, I'm so worried. Oh, you know, or I get tense. And I've worked really, really hard to spin that. So even if I start with worry, I just quickly go into problem problem solving mode or quickly go into I can try mode. And that has helped me so much because when we do that, not only are you shifting your own mind, but it, it just, it, it welcomes other people into your environment. And so I really encourage this. I really encourage you to keep laying great foundations for the kiddos you work with or you parent or you teach. Um, And I can't wait for you to hear the next episode because we're going to talk more about collaboration and inclusion. So I want you to keep in mind these I can things because you'll kind of hear little glimpses of how we weave that into our day to day um, in the preschool setting. So thank you, my friends. I hope you're having a beautiful, uh, if you're listening to this during summer 2020, I hope you're having a beautiful summer. <laughs> um, and uh, I will be talking with you next time. As always, you can find me over on Instagram at thanksmorris. You can also go to my website, and I actually just set up a new platform for the podcast on thanksmorris.com. So if you go to thanksmorris.com, you'll find a tab that's for the podcast. It's titled the Thanksmorris Podcast, and you can submit your own requests Um for topics you want to hear. And I also have an option in there for you if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast. And um, that's the easiest way for you to ask me if it's not in a direct message on Instagram or on the email forum. Uh, Go ahead and submit that and you'll put a couple notes as to what you want to bring to the podcast and what value you're adding to the world. And I would love to have you. I would love to get an email saying you want to come on. So please don't hesitate to hop on over there and request a topic or or become a guest on the Thanks Morris podcast. All right, friends, love you all. Talk to you later.